0: Welcome to the Waxing Show. This is Lord Extra Cooler, and welcome to the Extra Cooler Show. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> right, so uh, right so, uh, so, uh, what's in Cooler? <laughs> oh, <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> rhino, your rhino's on <laughs> Extra credit? Port, 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 port heater extra credit. Mastivize! Welcome to the extra cooler show. Welcome to an extra credit episode of the extra cooler show. My name is Matt otherwise known as the hop god and I am flying solo this week. It is a busy time of year for the extra cooler show and the Survivor Series team and you know what I am do not like having to go a week without putting out a podcast. So I wanted to sit down and record something for you guys. It'll be a short one. I just came back from uh, my adventure down to Queens, New York and Grand Slam for AEW, my first AEW experience. So I I felt like that was enough for me to come on here, talk to you peoples and uh, have some fun. So um, of course, You can always find us over on Instagram at Extra Cooler and over on Twitter at Extra Cooler Show. You can find yours truly at Matts in the Cooler over on Instagram as well. And of course, the Hop God's got to kick us off. We got to start strong by going into my cooler. So what's in my cooler this week? uh let's talk the extra cooler show and what's in the cooler is brought to you by sloop brewing company sloop brewing is known for their hazy and golden ipas like juice bomb and super soft and uh be sure to be on the lookout for more coming from the extra cooler show and our favorite brewery sloop so for me of course i had to bring the thunder had to bring the rock and roll and for me this week not only did I grab a sloop but I went heavier this week I went with juicier bomb which is essentially the big brother of the regular juice bomb the regular juice bomb is a six and a half percenter this is the double dry hopped version of uh, everyone's favorite juice bomb uh, and it comes in at a big eight percent um, for me this one is this one's a good one you can certainly taste the uh, the alcohol a little bit more if you will it uh, certainly has that double IPA uh, taste to it, and funny story. As we were trying to, uh, you know, talk to our, our Pod Foundation brethren, as uh, as they like to call it, and I was talking with Seth from the Chick Foley show. They had mentioned him and him and uh, Jordan had talked about, you know, uh, coming out for Grand Slam. It was going to be such an amazing show that it was worth them trying to come out. And uh, and I offered uh, a place to crash and a place to sleep. And he asked me uh, if I had any juicier bomb so uh, i was holding out hope that seth was going to come along and i'd be able to share this juicier bomb with him so uh seth cheers to you as i'm drinking your beer here so um cheers and let's move off and let's hear a little bit from nick about the pod foundation before we head into our top three The Extra Cooler Show is a proud member of the Pod Foundation. The Pod Foundation is a partnership between ourselves, the chick Foley Show, Turnbuckle Tavern, and Coming Down the Aisle. We are committed to bringing wrestling fans everywhere the best content possible and sharing our love for all things professional wrestling. Be sure to follow at Pod Foundation on Instagram and Twitter to interact with us and stay up to date on all of our shows. We are moving fast and furious. I guess I could say I am moving fast and furious for this one. Let's head into some extra credit this week. And uh, I am back for some extra credit with our extra cooler top three. The extra cooler top three spotlights our top stories from the week that was in pro wrestling, brought to you by Chalkline. Chalkline brings you our favorite officially licensed WWE apparel on jackets, shorts, and more over at chalk line.com. And the Pod Foundation will save you 10% when you enter. Enter PF10 at checkout. And man, diving right into story number three, I will provide my AEW report from Grand Slam this past week. And as we're talking about Pod Foundation, I had the honor and privilege to meet up with Tom and young Anthony as well as Acefield from the Turnbuckle Tavern. Uh, it was it was really awesome to meet these dudes in person. We had been working together and and working together as a team for probably over a, a year, or year and a half now. And um, man, it, it was just really good. Those dudes are amazing, and uh, I had a blast with you guys. But you know, first and foremost, diving into my AEW experience, this was my first experience with. An AEW show it was in this stadium and arthur Ashe stadium is just absolutely gorgeous it's not your normal wrestling venue for sure and um you know it's a retractable roof it's a tennis stadium really meant for the u.s open which they had there just a couple of weeks ago and uh the, the roof was closed uh it looked like they had to have the the large screens that were above the ring um you know, really wound up and they had all the wires and and cables and things moving off the the, the top of the stadium there. And it was a sight to see for sure, but they had a beautiful setup, but you know, Tom and I got there super early. We met up. We actually wound up going for pizza. We went to the Wrestling Universe, which is a essentially a memorabilia store out in Queens, um, specifically for wrestling. And you know, Tom being the figure collector that he is, if if you guys are are fig heads and you're not listening or watching Fig Night on YouTube from the Turnbuckle Tavern, man, you are missing out. They had Magic from Jar- Jazzwares this past week, and you know the things that those dudes are doing is is pretty out of control so Tom and Mike and and Nick Storm over there are, are are doing amazing work so definitely go check them out if you haven't already but um it was really cool to just you know catch up with Tom and you know we had talking we had spoken so much over the years and you know being able to meet in person was really cool so uh cheers brother thank you again but you know we go off we we hit the wrestling universe and I had severe FOMO as soon as I walked out of that those doors they had like a bin underneath the table and I looked down and those beautiful early 90s foam belts they had two two tag team championships in there and I wish I asked about the price I wish I actually just bit the bullet and grabbed them and brought them home they would have been awesome on the shelf behind me here and you know I I, if it was the world title the winged eagle I think I would have jumped on it immediately but if the tag titles are beautiful don't get me wrong but man I I'm I'm mad at myself, have some FOMO that I, uh, I guess FOMO is not really the uh, the correct term to use here, but I was mad at myself that I walked away from those beauties. Uh, they had some dog hair on them, they were beat up and chunked out, as you, as you can expect for, for titles, foam titles that are 30 years old, but man, I... I regret not picking them up, so uh, maybe I've got to make a, a trip back down to Queens and and see if they're there. I'm sure they won't be because there's some other knucklehead that will uh, that will jump on it. But Tom and I hang out, we go grab some food, we come back to the stadium. We got there entirely too early, <laughs> and it was a mistake. I uh, I wish we we uh, timed it out a little bit better. They had. Um, Lines outside the venue just to get inside of the venue, like, and what I mean by that is just to open the gates around the venue, and then you go inside, you go through metal detectors, all of those things, and it was just a, a really weird setup and something that was so different because you're used to going to a wrestling event in an arena or you know something small like a high school gym in a in a um, you know indie role or you know just a VFW if you've been to any of those shows in the in the northeast it's it was something so different and it was really cool don't get me wrong it made it feel like it was a big deal and i think that that's what this whole grand slam event now that this is the second year that they've done it uh you know they they touted the the million dollar gate and we'll talk about that in a little bit but um you know, it was a really just cool experience, but they get you in and we're sitting outside. T- Tom has connections with the major, uh, major brothers and their Facebook group. And he meets up with some of those dudes out front and meeting those guys. They were very welcoming and, uh, and nice to me as well. But we get in, we follow our tickets, we go to our seats and we sit down, we're looking out and we find ourselves behind the stage and I'm not talking like behind the stage where you're looking above and over the top of the stage. I'm legit talking behind the stage. I shared the picture of where our seats were uh, in our discord channel. And if you guys haven't jumped in there, please do. You can find it in the bio of this, uh, uh, of any of us on Instagram, or you can find it in the description of this show here, but we legitimately could not see the ring. And I couldn't, imagine how a ticket master who we bought the tickets from thought it was okay to tell us that the the layout of the building was different so when we bought the tickets and young anthony from the turnbuckle tavern was the the man that bought them and when he bought them they said that they were a direct shot across this and looking at the stage but yet when we got into the building it was different and then i can't believe that AEW thought it was acceptable to sell these tickets to us so thankfully Tom uh, in an absolute genius move uh, he's going on to the Ticketmaster app and he's looking where seats were and he's looking to see what was available and instead of purchasing those tickets we just went and squatted and we jumped around a little bit you know we we made sure that those seats were free it's coming down to seven o'clock which is when the tickets um, were going to end and dark was starting and These tickets are still sitting there, still sitting there. We've got three seats because young Anthony is joining us later. And lo and behold, we sat in this section all night long in the 100 level. I'll explain that a little bit. Um, but we were sitting in the 100 level and nobody bothered us all night long. So Tom, the genius move of checking the Ticketmaster app to see what was available. And thankfully they weren't checking, um, you know, tickets at the top of the gate where we were walking in. And uh, man, we had amazing seats kind of sitting. If you were, you know, everyone talks about the, the you know, the hands on the clock and where it would be and, in, in, um, you know, describing where we were sitting. If you were looking across the ramp, we were essentially sitting at about five o'clock on the uh, on the clock here, and it was a, an amazing section to look at. Um, you know, they had the lower bowl and this and the the floor seats. They had the next section up, which is where John Moxley would be coming in the arena from, and then we were in the 100 level, of the section up, not quite the tippy top. They had the 300 level there as well, but um, great seats nonetheless. We had a blast all night long. The crowd started out super hot uh, right out of the gate and you know it was a little weird i i expected the the early AEW crowd to be this venomous really just out there and loud all night long i don't know if it was because we were just elevated so much if it didn't come through all the way but then watching it back you heard all these crazy pops that we'll talk about in a little bit and go through, but you know I I really wanted this crowd to be fully engaged all night long, and I know that this was essentially, and you know, we get there at seven o'clock, matches didn't start until around seven thirty, and we didn't leave until you know twelve thirty at night, so that's a long night of wrestling. It was five hours essentially, but I the 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 crowd felt like it was it was up and down all night long and i maybe i like, like i said maybe it was because we were we were elevated and outside of that energy that is on the ground floor um but to me I, I felt like i wanted more out of the crowd and maybe it's just a new york thing maybe it was just them not being fully engaged 100% of the time but uh i, I definitely wanted more They we got up for the big events we got up for the big pops but uh At the end of the day, I felt like a little disconnected um, at the end of the day, and I just wanted more really, you know, crowd engagement from from bell to bell all the way through. And I know it's hard to do for five hours straight, but um, that one that one was my kind of takeaway. And I definitely want to do. AEW again, and they're coming to uh, Newark, New Jersey, which will be full gear out in, um, in November, I believe. So I'm, I'm hoping that that one will be my next, my next AEW experience. And this one will be for a pay-per-view. Uh, it won't be a television taping. I know things were a little clunky. I'll talk about that in a moment as well, but, um, you know, I really hope that that crowd and that maybe arena as opposed to this stadium feeling will be a little bit better and will give me more of that electric feeling that you see on TV all the time with your AEW crowds. So, but just spoke about um, some awkward things along the way. And for me, Watching it back, and I and I went back and I watched Dynamite, I haven't fully gone through uh, Rampage, I will admit. Although there were some really amazing things happened on, on Rampage as well. But it seemed like there were a lot of things that the guys were setting up for a shot, and it never made TV. So, for example, um, after the Swerve in Our Glory and the Acclaimed match, they looked like they were setting up an angle where... Keith Lee was coming up to shake hands with the acclaimed, but Swerve Scott was sitting at the top of the ramp, the top of the rump, and was disgusted and not engaging with with the acclaimed and Keith Lee, and none of that made TV, so there were definitely some clunky pieces that you were looking around and some... You know, rookie moves. It almost felt like, and maybe it's just that we're so spoiled by WWE and myself in particular being able to to say that I've been going to WWE events for, you know, upwards of of what twenty five years plus. Um, and I know that the rest of the Survivor Series team, you can say, has been going for thirty years plus. So you know, it it always seems so polished and it always seems like everything goes off without a hitch. And, you know, we get to the end of the main event and there's Danielson putting the title onto Moxley. And there's a whole, um, you know, there's a whole piece of that. Moxley cuts a amazing promo at the top of the rump again. And, you know, Tom put that out on his Instagram. So at the OG fig kid, if you wanted to go see that one, um, but there were things that were missed throughout the evening when you go back and you watch it on the television side that you know just just was a little disappointing at the end and i, I wish that AEW had timed it out a little bit better and were able to deliver the in-house experience to the viewer on television and i know it's never going to be that way and that's part of the beauty and part of the reason why you go out to these shows but uh, at 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 the end I felt like there were some opportunities in which they could have delivered the product better to the television viewer and ultimately get more stories out along the way. Um, but man, oh man, were there some pops in there. And it was awesome to be in the crowd for not only the acclaimed and man, the, the, the match was a roller coaster for sure. And it was a it, it, they oh man they had me bought hook line and sinker I was such a mark for this match and when when Max Caster goes off the top rope first of all watching it back on television it was a really strange awkward angle like they shot it from the corner as Max Caster was jumping in and going for the mic drop and and hurting his knee on the uh, on that being in the building for that it. I bought it 100% bought it that he heard himself that that was a botch that was something that should not have happened everything along the way the way he treated it the way the referee treated it and checking on him the way he rolled out of the ring he went over and what you didn't see on camera is him going and talking with um, Billy Gunn in the corner and you know it almost looked like they were remapping out the rest of the match and it really just took the wind out of the sails of of the crowd here and you can it came across on tv too that everything just got really silent i felt personally as a fan in the building i got taken out of that match because i was expecting this epic finish in this this mic drop elbow down and being able to crown new champions and fast forward you know 10 5 10 minutes and it was it happened for real but uh it, it it felt like this roller coaster and maybe it was done on purpose maybe it wasn't but the uh at the end of the day we get new tag team champions after we had just gotten a new roh champion in chris jericho which surprised the hell out of me i didn't expect that that title change to happen um, we get the incredible, incredible pop. Another thing I didn't, I didn't see coming was Soraya coming out or Paige. If uh, if you haven't watched your your AEW and you're still stuck in WWE land, uh, Soraya comes out. Uh, During or after the women's four-way, looks like we're gonna see a standoff between Paige, Soraya, and Britt Baker. Maybe her uh, her crew, the three on three, could be potentially a thing. So we'll see where that ends up. But it's it's awesome to see Soraya back in Paige back in our on our screens as a you know hopefully a, a, a a. in-ring competitor here as we are still yet to see anything beyond her just hugging the good guys at the end of the match there. Um, but th- this is a woman that we've, you know, was only 30 years old and has really seen a lot of ups and downs through her career, a, a movie made about her, a ton of really cool things happening with with Paige or Saraya. And I- I'm excited to see what she can bring to the aew world and and be able to really elevate that division and that's what i said immediately i tapped young anthony who i'm sitting next to in in the arena and i said immediately that this division just got elevated just by the presence of her coming down to the ring and uh you know her entering this this women's uh this women's division here in aew but for me i didn't see that saraya coming but more so when we get to Rampage and we have Sting and Darby putting on this insane match against House of Black and all of a sudden we get the great effing Muda coming down to the ring. You see the true mist, the green mist to the face of of uh, Buddy Matthews. He sells the hell out of it, which was incredible. The table spot from... from uh, uh, from Julia Hart was not exactly the best. I mean, you can see that one on, uh, on Bacha for sure. Um, but man, the, the great Muda appearance and it, it sounds as though, uh, sting will be involved in the great Muda's send off match there as well. And, uh, you know, it's setting that up, but it was really cool. It was a cool spot. I, I, I you know, after you exited dynamite, you get the world new world champion, um, or you know, you've taken the interim title essentially off of, of John Moxley. You've put it back on him again. And it felt like, all right, we get to exhale. We get to breathe. I went to go hang out with, uh, acefield Retro for a little bit, caught up with him, grabbed a beer, came back to our seats and, and finished watching the rest of Rampage. And the Great Muda was another blow, blow your brains out. Like, Oh my God, what a surprise. So AEW, me at the end of the day delivered an amazing, amazing night of wrestling five hours long between Dark, Dynamite and Rampage. We got Action Bronson who, you know, <laughs> he didn't seem to take a bump all night long, but he actually pulled out some moves. We had a running power slam that I was joking was better than Braun Strowman <laughs> in the, uh, in the stands there talking to the guys, but Overall, I will be back for some more AEW, and I'm hoping that it comes at uh, full gear in Newark, New Jersey later on this year. And that is going to be my story number three. We will move into story number two. And number one is just going to be headed off to WWE, and really it is appreciation for what they are doing. So first and foremost, story number two will be a Sami Zayn appreciation story. The work that Sami is doing with the bloodline here is absolutely tremendous. Um, He finally gets his own Honorary Oos t-shirt, which I think is absolutely genius. You have the ability now to sell a shirt that says Honorary Oos and anybody else can wear Honorary oos on their chest. It only has a little S Z at the top of it, and this is this is the perfect T-shirt. And if if fans of Roman Reigns and fans of the Bloodline should everyone should have this this shirt i think it's incredible Sami Zayn sells it like a million bucks he's got his uh big hug at the end roman tries to work you throughout it and making sure that you know he it looks like he's gonna kick Sami zane out of it tells him to take his bloodline shirt off because i have a new one for you throws him a new one and and This is just amazing, but the subtle details and what Triple H is doing, and I'm just assuming that it is is Triple H related, but the, the the subtle storytelling that's happening all throughout WWE right now is incredible, and the Bloodline story is no different, specifically thinking about how Jey Uso is in the background essentially disagreeing with what Roman Reigns is doing and having him show that. You know, his disgust for Sami Zayn in every way, shape, or form, and showing some some cracks in the armor, if you will, of the bloodline. And I feel like this story has so much to tell. There's so many legs here. There's so many ways that you can take this down. Um, you've you've got now Solo Sokoa, Sokoa here as well, who this past Friday on SmackDown, you have found that he was sent by the elders of the bloodline now they didn't describe who the elders were is this going to be rikishi is this you know going to be um the head shrinkers is this going to be something else uh could be could be the rock was the rock the one that sent um solo sokoa here to the bloodline i I, i'm 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 Feeling like WWE is ramping up this bloodline story, and they're going to give us some more magic throughout the the time from now until we head to WrestleMania, and I am fully here for it. Sami Zayn at the heart of this, and really the 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 thing that will come in between the bloodline and Roman Reigns, and I ultimately believe it'll be his downfall in some way, shape, or form. But if you haven't gotten your honorary oost T-shirt yet, I don't work for WWE Shop or Fanatics for that matter, but go grab it because that shirt's amazing. And let's head off to story number one, some more beautiful, beautiful storytelling from Papa H. You got me, man. I am fully invested in the White Rabbit story that we have going. And the beautiful thing of all of this, all of the teases, all of the... Things that are happening in the world of the white rabbit and the, the 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 playing of the Jefferson Airplane song that we spoke about last week, the messaging and the wild goose chase or chasing the white rabbit down the tunnel. It, it's all incredible. And it's the best part of it all is that none of this is really happening on our screens. None of this is happening in a true casual watching wrestling fan. And it's built for us. It's built for us marks. I say that lovingly because all of us listening to this are marks in some way, shape or form. I love you all. <laughs> and here we are that all of these seeds, all of these sprinkles of of breadcrumbs along the way to follow the, the, the trail of the, of the white rabbit are here. Last week, we spoke about the videos and the QR codes that came up and bringing us to 923, 923. So you got me. You got me, Papa H. I'm sitting there, and I wasn't watching SmackDown on time. I'm sitting there in my basement, and it was appointment viewing. I sent an alarm on my phone. I made sure I was in front of the television a couple of minutes before 923 on September 23rd to watch SmackDown, and... We have an in-ring situation, an in-ring promo coming from Drew McIntyre. It's interrupted, of course, by Karrion Cross. But at 9.23, they're at commercial. Or at least my 9.23, they're at commercial. And we just saw a fireball be thrown, which... And we can talk about the botch there and how it wasn't shot very well. And it was hard to see that a fireball actually happened until they came back from commercial and they they showed that Scarlet threw a fireball at Drew. But I felt like they they recovered well and it was forgotten about quickly. Um, but it was appointment viewing. And sure, there was another video, there was another QR code that we're following down the path. We go to raw. There's another QR code, it flashes up right as um, Dominic Mysterio is on our screen, so it's making you think Judgment Day again, and there's so many pieces of this story that are, feels like it's made to throw you off the path, right? Now the newest one is a um, a zip code, and the zip code is for Corbin, Kentucky, so here we are talking about Bray Wyatt's last match before cu- becoming the Fiend with, was with Baron Corbin. Is this a is this an, another thing that could be down the path? Is it just a, you know Baron Corbin is off of our screens. He was last seen getting into a limo with what looked like JBL. Is this something that it could be? There's a YouTube page for White Rabbit Records, which is also in Corbin or it was, is connected to Corbin, Kentucky. And the la- the only post that they have on this page is from 15 years ago. And it is the White Rabbit Jefferson Airplane song. And that's the only video until this week. And they have another video posted, which is just a zip code of Wyndham, Maine. So another breadcrumb here in the source code of one of these videos, is lyrics to the Alistair black song, uh, uh, the Alistair black theme and another, another, you know, piece, another thing to, to bring you off the trail, to take you away from the breadcrumbs that they're laying. And at the end of the day, it still seems like it has to be Wyndham rotunda. It has to be Bray Wyatt in some way, shape or form but they're continuing down this trail. It's all happening off of television outside of flashing a QR code for a split second. So only the hardest of the hardcores are gonna stop and rewind like this idiot did, as I point to myself on the other side of this microphone. And I pause it, I'm gonna scan that now because you have us trained that this is what's going to happen. And I find myself in every single promo video, every single backstage, I'm watching it more intently in the background To see if anything is going on. And this week was no different, as in the background of a damage control backstage, there's a doorway that just slightly shows for a second, and you see what looks like a figure dressed in black with what could be a white mask passing by. And this was something that I didn't catch in the minute, in the moment while I was watching, but instead I'm seeing on Twitter later on. And I just, I can't praise. This shtick, this thing, this you know, a whole stir that they're bringing up over what I hope, I pray, <laughs> is the return of Bray Wyatt to our television screens. And there was another thing that happened on Reddit this past week that I even forgot to put in my notes that somebody was breaking down how it, they were picking apart everyone in the Judgment Day. And how this is all related to Edge. And how this, you know, the White Rabbit is going to be Edge. And the the fact that we're all talking about this and there's ways that you can break this down and, and digest it differently than, you know, the, the person sitting next to you is just awesome. And the fact that this is all happening off of our television screens and this is something built for Marks, I'll say it lovingly again, the the hardest of the hardcores here are following this story. This just tells me that Papa H gives a shit about me, who's sitting in front of a microphone at what, almost midnight East Coast time on a Tuesday night, talking into a microphone to, to you guys on the other side. It makes it all worth it to me. It makes it so much fun That's why it's my story number one for now two weeks in a row. Hopefully they deliver something where we can talk about this for three weeks in a row. But that brings me to my next point. And without Nick to take us home, I'm going to do it right here and now. And we have a special treat coming for you in the next couple of weeks. We like to put out some multi-part episodes and, and we're about to start. Warriors Trilogy of Terror. It is spooky season, and we will deliver chapter one of Warriors Trilogy of Terror next week with superstars from April 1991. I am starting to sweat just thinking about it. I I do not like the fact that I was pressured into doing this. We are going to cover Undertaker and the Funeral Parlor, Paul Bearer shoving the under, well, undertaker shoving the ultimate warrior into that casket back in 1991 where eight-year-old matt was terrified running behind the chair in my basement as i'm watching this on saturday mornings and just being scarred for life and uh watching it back 30 years later (laughs) is no different uh it is it is an uncomfortable watch uh for for this little warrior guy and uh man i think you'll hear it next week and in, in how I talk about things and maybe how I don't talk about things. Cause I think I'm going to end up being a little more quiet than I normally on, on these uh, podcasts, but Jim and Nick will bring me home for sure. And then most importantly from this week, I'm going to take a pause for the cause. I'm going gonna raise my juicier bomb from sloop here and say, cheers. You are all listening to this on Wednesday, September 28th which is our fearless leader, Nick Extra Cooler. It is his 40th birthday. I don't know if he'll be happy that I'm sharing the 40 number, but Nick, cheers to you. Happy birthday. The Extra Cooler. Anybody here, The Extra Cooler, like the Survivor Series, the SummerSlam from Bret Hart. Man, oh man, i Through the the in there. But in in 2017, it was at the extra cooler. I have a piece of artwork here sitting on my wall. And lo and behold, it's the ultimate warrior uh, that has at the extra cooler written on it. Um, Nick, I digress. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you for everything that you do, not only for us on the podcast here, but for the pod foundation for the internet wrestling community being an amazing artist and what you just did for uh matt cardona and and cardona the 13th was an amazing piece of work so cheers to you happy birthday brother you're always going to be one month older than me so uh let me know how 40 feels in a month when i when i come around next so cheers dude cheers to you and again you can check us all out at extra cooler on Instagram, at extra cooler show on Twitter. Talked about it briefly last week. Prowrestlingtees dot com slash extra cooler show. Go buy a t shirt, rate, review, subscribe, and follow all of our friends over at the Pod Foundation. And uh, cheers, fellas! Thanks for listening in. And if you go chasing rabbits. And you know you're going to fall. Telama Hookah <laughs> Smoking Caticula has given you the Call, call Alice. When she was just small. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a <laughs> problem. Right, so alright, so uh, so, uh what's uh, cool. the cooler? Oh. <laughs> Blew my mind. Your <laughs> rhino, your rhinos, on yeah. extra credit. Port, 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 port side, heater. Back, 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 extra credit. Now,